My guest today is Dr. Mei Wan Ho. She is a genetic biochemist and a biophysicist, and she has published over 400 scientific and articles in the different magazines, including peer-reviewed literature. Uh, she has published several books, including Genetic Engineering, Dream or Nightmare, and her classic text, The Physics of Organisms. She's written extensively about global and scientific problems and catastrophic threats associated with genetic modification of crops. She was designated expert of the International Cartagena Biosafety Protocol, which included about 575 scientists from around the world who state that the greatest threat mankind has is not nuclear war, but genetic engineering. And besides her distinguished career as a scientist, she's also a major critic of neo-Darwin thought in genetic engineering. Senior researcher at Queen Elizabeth University and the Open University at Milton Keynes uh, Institute. Uh, she is with us now on our conference phone. Nice to have you with us today, Dr. Ho. Thank you. Dr. Ho, I'm very concerned about the spread of altered genes through horizontal gene transfer and that the experimental alteration of gene structures may be out of control. And I cannot and will not trust anything that anyone in our governmental agencies say because quite simply, instead of simply telling us the truth about anything, they first have to work that information up a political ladder until it reaches a person at the USDA or the FDA, or the National Institutes of uh, Health, and then through there to various legislators, and through there through the White House, all these people have to have their input before a honest statement can be made. And if that statement in any way impugns the reputation of the genetic modification systems, the science, the manufacturers, or the scientists themselves Without exception, it will be changed, meaning they will lie about it. Now, I'm sorry to say that my government is not able just to be honest about anything when it comes to public health, but it isn't and hasn't. This goes for a long time. I mean, look how many decades, 30, 33 years after it was scientifically con confirmed by consensus that asbestos was a carcinogen, only then, a whole generation later, did they actually act on it? And that's because a special interest group. Well, you don't have any more powerful interest group than the genetic engineering company. So I'm going to start our discussion with my concern that, that if you're able to have genetically modified crops that can uh, cross back from plants by horizontal gene transfer to different species of bacteria, then what does that mean if we need an antibiotic in the future for E. coli or meningitis, which is now uh, a problem, and now your body cannot benefit from the antibiotic because of this. So well, this is part of, yeah. but I'm not yet to where I'm, I'm going with this. Then I'm going to let you take your time and, and answer me. I'm, no, you ho know, hold um, on, I, I haven't got to my I, question yet. Let me give you my question. Okay. All right. <laughs> right now in the United States, in the state of California, we, the uh -huh. people, are waging a major effort to get people to vote yes on Proposition 37. Mm -hmm. I, I'm producing six-part documentaries that have been, uh, been distributed last night. I had a meeting in Los Angeles 
with a group of uh, grassroots That's people. That's genetically modified ingredients labeled. Labeled, Is that right? yes. yes. And, and they are spending, they are spending up to $2 million a day with hourly ads telling people not to vote yes, but to vote no. I listed the other day hundreds of organizations, all the farming organizations, many of the NAACP chapters that are all saying, no, don't vote for genetic engineering. So I want you to begin this discussion, please, with your concerns about genetically engineered foods, not just in California, but everywhere, the science, the incomplete science of or potential dangers of industrialized GMO agriculture and its products. And also, I'd like for you to talk about you and other scientists' concern about what could happen if biotechnology be, could become the greatest threat to humanity's future existence. The form is yours. Take your time. Well, you know, we've been through this before. And you're quite right. It's actually very dangerous, genetic engineering. And I've been saying that. People like myself have been saying that since the late 1990s. And unfortunately, everything we predicted had come true, and even more. I don't know if you know of the uh, latest research results from the independent scientist lab of uh, Seralini. Um, he's a French, very distinguished French scientist. He was the one that actually got, uh, went through the law courts to get Monsanto's and other uh, companies' results released so they can be analyzed properly because you cannot trust what the uh, biotech companies submit to the regulators, and you're quite right. You cannot even trust the regulators to regulate properly, and this is the case in Europe as well as in the United States, strange as it may seem. And, um, okay, after a lot of uh, to and fro, they finally did their own experiments. They raised rats on uh, genetically modified soya, um, not soya, maize, okay, genetically modified maize, which is also tolerant to herbicide Roundup. And so they did the most detailed experiment to date for the entire lifespan of the rats. And they turned up these excess deaths, tumors, cancers, that they were not expecting at all. So immediately, of course, they were fiercely attacked and rubbished. But of course, you know, this is not the first time that anybody has found these results. This is the latest of a long series of experiments that dedicated independent scientists have been carrying out in the lab because they were concerned because the farmers themselves have been complaining of sicknesses and deaths in the livestock and the unexplained illnesses. And farmers all over the world have been noticing that their livestock have become infertile, have miscarriages, have illnesses, or they just fall, fall dead, basically. And finally, the scientists are reproducing what the, what the, what the um, farmers themselves 
and farm workers also have been getting ill, what they have found. And let me tell you that categorically, the evidence now is so damning, it's so good against GMOs and GM food, especially if they if the animals are fed the unprocessed variety because you don't want to start a panic because people ordinary people have not been eating a lot of unprocessed uh, GM food okay even processed GM food is not very good for you but the the effects are more uh, um, slow acting so if it when these animals are fed on unprocessed fresh GM maize or GM soya, whatever, they really get very ill. They die, they get cancers, they get tumors, and um, they get miscarriages. And, you know, the first thing you must have in your country, at least we have that, is labeling so that you can track down people who actually have become ill when they are not careful about what they eat, when they, are, when they have eaten genetically modified food. And horizontal gene transfer, you're quite right. I emphasize that in my book in the published, first appeared in 1997. I first warned about it in 1996. And it's the most underrated because this can create new disease agents, agents that you don't even dream of. Now, I mention that because um, one of your senior scientists, and again, he, come, he came out because he was so worried, Don Huber, Professor Don Huber, he was so worried about what's happening and about these new pathogens that to this day he cannot get them identified because people are afraid to touch it. He cannot get support for characterizing it. But these have been isolated from the livestock that are dying, from the, life, from the, from the animals and from the GMOs that are growing in the fields. And he has also documented, he and his team has, have also documented all the new crop diseases that, and old ones that have come back. New ones are arising, and there is at least 40 diseases now linked to glyphosate, for example. Glyphosate, not only does glyphosate itself cause cancers, um, stillbirths, miscarriages, um, uh, neurotoxicity, a whole range of uh, endocrine-disrupting problems. Uh, the GMOs themselves, even when they are not sprayed, are causing problems, are causing these illnesses. So the whole thing is an absolute mess because, uh, because there is no support whatsoever for really investigating the real risks. And we now know that the genes, they, when, even when the organisms die, the DNA 
they remain active. They can actually jump into other species, as you pointed out. Not only that, there are other DNA and RNA. RNA is another kind of nucleic acids that are in organisms, uh, all organisms. They, now, they are now known to play a major role in controlling gene expression and everything, and they are also infectious, like uh, DNA. They can actually, when we eat our food, do you know what happens? These small molecules can go in and modify our genes. Now, imagine what happens. You've got these strange, so we are over the generations, over thousands of years, we're actually adapted to our food because you are literally what you eat. So when you introduce something like genetically modified food, which is a whole new game altogether, you've got to check what, what other nucleic acids are there, what other strange metabolites are there that's going to be not good for us. Do you, do you see what I mean? Dr. Ho, um, not only yeah. do I see what you mean, but I just yeah. finished filming. Please interrupt me if I say something that, you know, it's not clear. I, w- I, I, I will. I just would, uh, I want to yeah. get us on to many other different topics. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to ask you if you could just make your answers just a little bit more succinct, please. Now, yeah. let me take, my concern is this. Yeah. When I was filming uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton recently yeah. for this film, he brought mm-hmm. this up. He said it's not just the actual molecular exchange in genetic engineering, taking a bacteria mm-hmm. or a virus or a cells from a frog or a, a lizard or a snake and implanting them into a product that we're going to eat, like corn or potatoes. He said it's the energy, and it's in the energy, something that you cannot measure, something you cannot isolate and define. It is not at the macro level. It is at the, literally at the uh, subatomic level. He said that energy, you are messing with nature if you take the energy of a virus, of energy of a bacteria that is not normal to the human energy system, and you combine the two together. Let's say you eat some soy, or you eat some corn, or you eat some wheat, and you have viruses and bacteria or genes from non-human species, he said, they'll argue, well, did you see any cancer? Did you see any disease? In point of fact, yes, we can now with, with the Seralini uh, study show, yes, but it took at 90 days. All their other studies were under 90, and that shows me that they knew damn well that if they went over 90 days, the diseases and cancer would start to show, especially mammary and renal failure. But he's saying this, don't just look at the diseases. Look at the energy. It's no different than the energy, he said, of a mother that kisses the baby. Uh, When she kisses the baby, she's taking the mucus of the baby's lips, transferring that into her body. Her body is then producing breast milk with antibodies. The breast milk then nourishes the baby's body. He said that that is one of time immemorial's most ancient and actual ways that we by species transfer our energy. Just like two people love each other, they're transferring energy. Well, we yes, shouldn't be they transferring. Are, they the... are, but we don't actually have to go into those esoteric areas in order to see the harm that is done. Basically, because the the um, 
genetically modified organisms are under tremendous stress. Their energy system is out of kilter, basically. Okay? And we now know that stress in humans is responsible for a lot of cancers and a lot of diseases, in fact. So we don't actually, you know, it's not something that you cannot see. It's something you can identify. You know, you don't actually have to to go into very esoteric areas. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard Bruce Lipton, so I don't know what kind of energy he's talking about because I know there are all kinds of energies in our body. There is negative and positive charges, and they have to balance. There is oxidation and reduction, and they have to balance. And if, you, if they are unbalanced, then you get inflammation, you get stress, and that is a prelude of cancer and all kinds of uh, uh, terrible diseases. Okay, then let, let me follow up with this. Does yes. We now can prove that biotechnology methods to introduce foreign DNA into crop genomes creates yes. genetic instability. We, we know that. We don't have to prove it. We okay, know, so we what, know. what does that mean for a plant's DNA to become unstable? What could be the anticipated health risk that we as well, consumers the, have the, if we in, in, ingest well, those as, DNA as you, plants? Yeah, as you pointed out at the beginning, it's that they can jump again. They can jump out of the genome again and insert itself into other genomes. That's called horizontal gene transfer, like you mentioned at the beginning of the program. Wasn't there a 2010 Russian study? It was a two-year study from the National Association of Gene Security and the Institute of Ecological and Evolutionary Problems that found increasing percentages of infertility? Those those research have been followed up extensively. We now know that the cells use DNA for intercommunication and other nucleic acids for intercommunication. So, for example, your body, your bloodstream is full of these small and larger pieces of DNA and RNA. They are sent out from one cell to another. That, by the way, is how cancers spread from one tissue to another. And, um, in fact, normally these DNA and RNA are used for, for normal intercommunication, but they also transmit diseases, as I say. They also enable uh, cancers to spread. So now imagine if you take in something which has abnormal DNA, which is more likely to spread, what happens? Then these will go into your genome. When, when DNA jumped into the genome, uh, kind of at random in an uncontrolled fashion, what they can do is then jump into the genome next to a gene that, if it is activated, causes cancer. Or alternatively, if it is inactivated, it also leads to cancer or facilitates cancer to happen. So these are the things that these are the dangers from horizontal gene transfer. Good. Some of the dangers. I I want to go to our next question now. Thank you for that answer. Uh, Let me just mention that the Environmental Working Group 
published yes. a study showing that every year the average American consumes their body weight in genetically modified foods. That should be of concern. But my next question is this. I'd like your thoughts on biopharmaceutical drops, meaning plants being genetically bioengineered, to certain drugs and vaccines for the drug industry, including vaccine components that are associated with deadly infectious diseases and infertility or contraceptive drugs, such as being done with corn, because some individuals who have a very strong pro-eugenic philosophy like Bill Gates believes that we should be, in effect, giving um, food or drugs or vaccines all that have the same uh, biotechnology to create infertility in those who are deemed undesirable to have children around the world. Your thoughts on this, please. Well... I have no idea if that's what he wants to do. If, if that's what he wants to do, that's absolutely wicked, wicked. But I don't actually know. I mean, I don't know where you got your information from. From Bill but Gates. Cer- certainly. I'll uh, send you his actual a video. Of, a lot of vaccines are contaminated with DNA of viruses. And um, we have warned against it. And, um, you know, the, the FDA has, has issued memoranda of announcements uh, trying to reassure people that they are not dangerous, but we disagree. Okay. Uh, by the way, I will... But s- these, are the, these products, these contamination products, are exactly... It are, the, are, are things that are inherent to the process that are used in producing these things. You see, we have a horribly dirty uh, 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 medical drug system, and we, we really ought to move away from it. We have a rotten medical system, which is supported by a rotten reductionist bi- biological science, and uh, which is, by the way, part of a rotten <laughs> science altogether, reductionist science altogether, and um, there are many scientists like myself who are not like, we're we're not not like wishy-washy, we're not touchy-feely scientists. We are real, we are very, very serious scientists, but we are very, very concerned at the way Science has been taken over by the corporations. They have been manipulating science for profit. They don't care about people. And also, they are helped by a scientific establishment who are profiting prestigiously from them as well as, as uh, financially. So they don't want to change things either. Or else, they have the lack of... They lack the imagination to look any further. Well, I, that, uh, Dr. Ho, yeah, I have... Yeah, that, that is of major concern to us. All right. I just have two more questions for you, please. Yes. Um, and also, uh, Bill Gates at a TED conference went on the record talking about his support for uh, population control and looking at um, vaccines to do that. And... We, I will send you his actual talk so you can see for yourself. Plus, I'll send you his support 
of hundreds of millions well, of dollars for you know, Monsanto. Well, you probably talking about contraceptive vaccines. Well, contraceptive still, con- contra- vaccines. Con- contraceptive vaccines against a person's will or without their knowledge is judging that a person's unfit to have a child who has yeah. the right to do that. Yeah, well, nobody. Okay, nobody well, has that's, the right that's to my, do that. That, that is my Everybody concern. Everybody has to be, like, in, properly informed. Well, th- about, they're, they're not, just like yes. testing on human beings in the United States without our knowledge or consent. Well, Here's my next to the last question. We're being told now that don't worry, be happy. GMO uh, industry can coexist alongside of traditional organic methods of farming. And in fact, the big ag industry assures us that GMO crops can be contained and pose no risk to non-GMO farms. And I'd like your thoughts on this idea of let's coexist and don't worry about our farms. Nothing bad can happen. Yeah, because, you know, uh, because uh, GMOs can spread not only by ordinary, ordinary pollination and so on and, and, and contamination, they also spread by horizontal gene transfer. And also, you know, nobody has yet mentioned that we are running out of water and GMOs are very thirsty. They don't grow very well unless there is much, there is a lot of water. Do you know that uh, in the drought, in the U.S. drought that you just had, before the hurricane strikes, um, the, the, um, the, the, the GMOs are actually dying off and not producing, whereas organically produced non-GMO are thriving. We are aware and of that, and of course, let's quite, let us... It is quite clear that if we want to survive, you know, the GMOs are really a recipe for disaster, not only health-wise, but in terms of growing enough food to really feed the world, to, to, go, to, to support us through lack of water, through climate change, through climate extremes, what have you, they are just a recipe for disaster. You, you know, we will get real famine if we don't give up GMOs. Okay, and, well, well, we have real salmon. This yeah. is not a faux. Uh, this is not a faux famine out there. It's real, and also yeah. where GMO crops in India had withered, especially the cotton yeah. crop, leaving yeah. over 250,000 farmers without the resources to repay loans. So they committed suicide. They do leave something behind. They leave super weeds behind, and those super weeds then take what is left of it. My final of uh, the Earth's moisture. My final question is this: We've we filmed. Dr. Elizabeth uh, Santoris, a renowned thinker on this program, and I'm, I know that you know her, and she's spoken yes. about the need, and she was unequivocal. She did not back off on this. She didn't say we needed to modify or reform. She said, she said to me, we need to completely change the scientific paradigm and how we do business. Your thoughts on that? Our final question Yes, I agree. You. I agree. Definitely. You know, a number of scientists are doing just that. I have written a new book, by the way, which, it, which actually is an introduction to a completely new cell biology that, the, that is, has been left out completely in the textbooks. Okay? So there, there, are, there are scientists like myself who are very much in touch 
also with conventional science because we there are good things in conventional science but they are not actually coming up to the fore we i'm not giving up on science altogether uh, that is um that is ridiculous um because that is the source of 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 real rationality that is where you know we take rational decisions on the basis of, you know, we, we have to have a science that give us reliable knowledge of nature so that we can live sustainably with her. And at the moment, we do not have such a science. Well, then you and her, she are on the same wavelength there. Dr. Ho, thank you very much. I appreciate this opportunity for you to share your thoughts on genetic engineering since it's so important, so timely. So urgent. Thank you. All the best to you, and we look forward to your new book. Dr. May Wan Ho, H-O, she is one of the world's leading genetic biochemist and biophysicist, over 400 papers published, and several important books, including Genetic Engineering, Dream or Nightmare, and The Physics of Organisms.